Michelangelo once said, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. Welcome to Life Talk with Jesse Meester. As an international actor, entrepreneur, and world traveler with millions of followers, Jesse seeks to speak and learn from the most insightful, successful people in the world, sharing love and life together. This is Life Talk, and this is your host, Jesse Meester. Welcome to another podcast of Life Talk. And today uh, I have a very special guest. My best friend and business partner, Gil, is with me on the podcast with now almost the weekly host, Cameron Crew. Um, you guys have been requesting it more and more like, hey, have him on. We have more questions. We want to keep going. So here we are. And now we have three men on this podcast. We are here to answer your questions, both from men and women. Um, and uh, yeah, feel free to, to chime in uh, and, and keep those questions coming. We try to address most of them as possible. Uh, again, we are not here to try to hurt anyone's feelings. We're just talking from our own experience. And, and wherever you can get value, please feel free to, uh, to yeah, apply what, what applies to you. And if not, um, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, Cameron Crew, how are you? Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you again, Jesse. Again, lovely to be here. It's my pleasure to be here. Honored to be on the third episode with you. And a pleasure to meet you as well. Amazing. Gil, could you, um, for the people, because we have done a podcast before, actually, um, could you just for the people to remind uh, them uh, who you are again? And I think it was last year we did a podcast. Yeah, we did a podcast when we were in uh, Egypt. In Egypt, yeah. Yeah, uh, Gil Antolin, founder of a company called Luxury World Traveler, a digital marketing agency, digital production studio for clients in the luxury travel sector. So hotels, resorts, you know, those types of things. And our claim to fame is the Instagram page, which now has over 3 million followers. That's how we connected. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In, in the Dolomites in Italy, on, yeah. up on the mountains. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, nice. and a lot of relationship experience, uh, a lot of it. Uh, so I think uh, <laughs> it will be a lot of value today. Excited for this podcast. Indeed. And um, yeah, to dive right into it, uh, we have uh, a question that has been asked a lot. And uh, Cameron and uh, Gil, I want to know your opinion about uh, the generational differences when dating. Do you believe that somebody with a significant age difference uh, is is a relationship that could actually work long term, or do you think that just that doesn't work? And is there a boundary as to what you think should be the age yeah. limit? Yeah, so I'll definitely give my perspective on this, and some people are not going to like the answer. So I'm pretty traditional in my in my worldview and my perspectives. I think. First of all, if a woman who is attractive, six or better, if we're being honest, is still single when she's almost 30, that's an indication of baggage and red flags within the woman. Because if she's attractive, she's had a lot of men try to lock her down. Because like most guys aren't trying to be players, right? When they meet a woman, if she's a good woman and she's attractive enough, they will settle down. So you have to ask yourself, how did the woman make it to 30 without getting wiped up already? Now, I think men should be older than the women because men need to be the leader in the relationship. And to be a leader means that you have to have a certain degree of life experience, skill sets, and wisdom 
to properly lead a woman so you don't lead her into the ground, which is what a lot of men do, unfortunately. So I think the man should be about five to 10 years older. The woman should be in her youth because again, the more she ages and dates, she accumulates baggage. And not just women, but most people in general don't do a lot to work through their baggage. So when you meet somebody who has a robust dating history, it's probably gonna not go so well for you. You're gonna you know, carry the burden of the woman and every relationship she's ever had. Wow, that's interesting. Do you think that some um, baggage though uh, could be a, a positive effect on, on the relationship? Like life experience, for instance? Like a lot of times when I, when I dated younger women and I'm talking like 19, 20, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 29, right? Like I found that they were kind of like still searching for themselves. They were relatively emotionally inexperienced, inexperienced. Mm -hmm. and therefore I felt that I was like, maybe I should wait a little bit until they mature enough to be in a relationship. You feel me? Yeah, I can understand that. Um, so here's the thing. I think in an ideal world, a woman would be, or a young girl would be raised in a two-parent household with a nurturing mother and a strong father, male role model. And she learns the example of what a good man is and how to follow a good man by doing so with her father. So that should be her first example in submission to her father. And she should, when she becomes an adult, she should be handed off to the next man who the father and brothers or whatever uh, close family vets that man as the capable and quality leader and a trusted leader to carry her throughout the rest of her life. Obviously, this is an old school perspective and the world doesn't operate this way anymore. But the reason I kind of um, vouch for that is because again, you get a woman who is basically pure. She hasn't been traumatized by bad relationships. Not that all relationships are traumatizing, but you know, she, she goes into the relationship where she can, she is ripe for a successful marriage. And also like we talked about in one of our previous uh, conversations, Jesse, if this woman is gonna bear children, every trauma that she's ever endured in life is going to be passed down to her kids because she was born with all the eggs that she will ever have. So to protect the woman from being exposed to too many men where she could potentially have a bad relationship, which leaves her with baggage, it's just better if it goes in that process from the family to one man. Interesting. Makes sense. What, what are your thoughts on that, Bill? I mean, like you said, and that's an ideal perfect world. Um, the problem is, is uh, and I, I feel this way, is that um, the, the value of marriage is not respected the way that it used to be. It, a lot of times now it's just out of convenience, you know. It's not really true love. And that's why you see so many, you know, um, marriages failing. And I have three sisters. So I understand the importance of having a strong dad in the household. It changes the entire dynamic. My dad was a very mm -hmm. strong dad and you know, was a leader until 
and my mom kind of got divorced and I had to assume that role because I was the oldest brother. But I also have friends that, um, you know, grew up in, uh, female friends that grew up in households where there wasn't a strong dad, you know, and it makes a really big impact on them. So it would be great if they all had that, but, you know, lacking that, I feel like lacking that as a youth really impacts the direction that a girl can go and the amount of crap that she'll take mm -hmm. in a relationship, right? Because if she doesn't have that strong role model, she may not respect herself as much. She may not have that, you know, that, that uh, self-assurance of who she is, and then she can get taken advantage of by, you know, men that manipulate or, you know, mm -hmm. cheat mm -hmm. and steal and lie, and they put up with it, put up with it because they don't know any different. So I tend to agree with Cameron on that point. Yeah. The woman basically has to learn from experience in right. the real world at that point, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. which isn't a bad thing. I mean, like going through experiences and gaining that wisdom from reflection and learning from it and like adapting some new behaviors is a good thing, but it does come with trauma. That's interesting. Um, and and <laughs> like, I, I do want to address because, you know, the, a lot of women that are listening right now that are. 35, 40, 45. Um, basically, in conclusion, what you're saying is if the man is five years older um, or 10, that could still work. However, not the other way around. Like, you're not, let me put it this way you're not advising to that, correct? So, look, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell people like what to do. Like, so here's the thing. I think here's the reality. Women, I mean, women want a man they can respect. Okay. So if a woman, and if a woman is 35 and single, she probably has a career and she's probably doing well for herself. She's independent, right? So she is sufficiently able to lead herself. She's done it so far. So right off the bat, even if she gets a man on her level or above, because she has independence, she's going to have a hard time respecting him to the degree of wanting to be submissive, if that makes any sense, because she doesn't necessarily need to. So we have to acknowledge that. And also, if a woman is fully independent at 35, how can she respect a man who is not at the degree of maturity that she's at in his life if he's 30 or even younger, right? So if, and this is the ideal, she would be 35, meet a 29-year-old handsome dude, and they would have a good relationship, it just doesn't happen often. But if you can make it work, knock yourself out. No, I I tend to agree with you. I think, you know, I'm the elder statesman on this show. Uh, I'm 45, so I've been through <laughs> probably more relationships and longer, you know, longer term ones. And um, I just also feel like from just a human element that men are way less mature beings than women too. And I think that has a lot to do with it. So like if you take a 30 year old man and a 30 year old woman, you know, the maturity level of the woman, I, I feel, and from my sisters and being around, like most of my best girlfriends in the U.S. Were, were women, I just see like the mentality is way different, right? And I think, you know, for men, after you get in your 30s and now I'm, I'm in my 40s, that really comes along. And, and, you know, you need to have, you need to be on somewhat the same level because let's, let's be honest, most guys are, you know, don't mature as fast as women. And so it exactly. creates a lot of problems. Right. Which is why, like, when we were in high school you probably remember like the 15 year old 16 year old hot girl was dating guys that were like 22 and 23 right like they didn't talk about it but you you know what i mean yeah. we're gonna go yeah. hang out with brett he's got a truck we're gonna go to the river whatever it was like that's <laughs> universal yeah 
because they're on the same maturity level, the 23 year old and the 16 year old. Right. And the, the reason is because though, like women mature faster, but they also age out of the dating process faster. So when a woman hits what, 40 to 50, she's approaching, um, what's it called? Not, menopause, where she's yeah, no longer yeah, fertile. Yeah, yeah menopause, yeah. yeah. Around 50 is like pretty much universally when that happens. But when, she, when a woman hits 30, to be honest with you, the, the risk of her having kids that have birth defects goes up dramatically, right? So women are aging out by 30. Like back in the day, if you look at any biblical text, any kind of religious, religious teaching, any kind of historical text, mm -hmm. it was normal for women to have kids at 16, 17, 18. They would, we're, we're they would be five this, kids yeah. deep. Yeah. It's yeah. just different, man. Like a 28-year-old who's never had a kid that's just entering that, that's old, if we're being honest. Like a 30-year-old woman is old, like in terms of childbirth. Really? You feel that? I thought, I thought, I mean, look at the statistics, man. Like the odds of a 30 year old having a kid with Down syndrome goes up dramatically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, statistically, this is true. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. It doesn't mean that it always goes wrong, but like, because a lot, this is actually the next question, which, which I think is a great bridge, which is about society changing. Yeah. And, and like also what we see statistically that women have kids on a later age. Actually, most yep. women start to have kids now between 30 and 40 years old because they're mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't want to bear that responsibility. I'm going to like extend it until the last moment. Mm. That is the mindset yep. right now. That's, that's like what you it see is. happening more and more in society. In fact, it's another part of, of society changing. The degenerate society, if you will, a lot of mm -hmm. women don't even want kids anymore. Yeah, dude. I rarely, when I'm out, like I'll just casually ask women, yeah. like, do you plan on having kids anytime soon? I just, just like, it's kind of like my own little survey. Yeah. Rarely do I ever hear women who are like, yeah, like I really want to settle down and have kids. It's like, no, I just want to travel. I want to go to Monaco. I want to go to Mykonos. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows. I think I might've known. I, yeah. I think, well, I've spent time in Vegas, so I might've met some of them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hundred percent, right. you know, but that, I mean, that that's the problem though. But if, for your theory, and I don't know if I agree that, that 30 is the age, but that's a mute point. What I've experienced with having sure. so many girlfriends, and I did, I had way more than I had guy friends, and I have three sisters, and they have friends, and so I've watched this process from a very young age, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens is the, the problem for them to delay, like Jesse said, is like, no, okay, let's say you hit 30, and the clock starts ticking. They then start to panic, and then they might end up in a relationship because they, you know, they want to have children while they're still young and, and they make the wrong, wrong yep. you know, the, the wrong choice. And, and I've seen that happen quite a bit. And, you know, for me, I don't think that's a healthy move either. Just because you feel like you're running out of time, then you just pick whoever. Because yep. I know from experience, if you have a child with the wrong person, you're, you're, you know, you're basically bound to them for a long time. And that's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not healthy at all. It's not going to lead to a, a successful long-lasting mm -hmm. relationship if it's built on shaky ground under the pretense that i need mm -hmm. to do this now while my body's still young that's my opinion <laughs> like i t i'm a big advocate for this i teach people that relationships are the most important thing in your life and we all prioritize our career finances but a bad relationship can ruin your life faster than anything else amen like you can dude, you can bankrupt yeah I like that Absolutely. effect. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Dude, you can bankrupt a company, dissolve the entity, 
separate from it, have no baggage from it and start another one. You can't do that with a woman who you've had a child with. Or for women, it's even more important for you to be selective, right? Because the man that you choose, like I, I can have a kid with a woman, leave her, pay her child support and start another family. It's not really the same detachment for a woman because she has the child, you know what I mean? Correct. So a woman's baby daddy is going to be a part of her life one way or another. And so women just really need to be wise and super selective. Again, so many women haven't grown up with a good father. They don't know how to do it. So they have to learn from experience. And then later in life, like you were talking about, it's like, okay, now I know what I'm doing, but I'm kind of at the ninth inning and let me go for the home run. You know what I mean? Correct. And look, if you guys are familiar with Kevin Samuels, and I'm not here to co-sign him or whatever. Kevin Samuels, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, this is exactly what he was talking about. And women just get frustrated. I think they didn't like the the truth, which is that a lot of women today have found that they spent their 20s, early 30s, career-oriented, traveling, having experiences, living the luxury life, or, or pursuing it, rather. And now they're at a place where men don't want them because uh, the men they want can get the women who are in their 20s. Correct. And if he can get that woman who has less baggage... And she's mature enough, right? Because a lot of young women are mature, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm 35 and successful, and I can get a 23, 24, 25-year-old who's still hot, less baggage than this woman who might have two kids. But women, you can't get mad at that. It's just life. So you have to accept reality for what it is and kind of adjust accordingly. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on with that because I lived through that. <laughs> so... I can, I can definitely attest to that. No, yeah. and, and it's true. And I mean, yeah. I can see how they could get offended by that, right? They could get offended by you saying right. that, like, oh, what? But the reality of the situation is, is that, you know, when you look at it, if you have two children or a child or three children, um, that's a big res- a spon- responsibility. And then mm-hmm. even the dynamics of how you work within that constraint is very, very difficult you know disciplining that child supporting that child who pays for it like all those things come into play i know because i've done this Mm -hmm. and so especially if the dad's absentee i mean it's it's a huge responsibility right and you're right like we always make we always do the easier things in life most of the time most people go the easier route and you know taking on someone else's children and bearing that financial responsibility is a lot to ask if you don't have to like yeah absolutely and we're not saying anything bad about the women. Like it's not that no. they're necessarily bad people at all. It's not that they would be bad uh, potential dating partners. It's just that women, you're you're a fly on the wall in this conversation. This is men talking. And if if we're if I'm going to give a guy advice that's going to be in his best interest, I'm going to tell him to choose the hand that has the greatest probability for working out well. And it's not a woman who's in her thirties with kids, even if she doesn't have kids. It's the one who's less experienced dating wise has had less sex partners, less dating partners, less baggage, and is more like uh, fertile for being led. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is this actually ties in? We, we had a question from uh, Natasha coming in. Um, and I love how we making these bridges to the questions. And she says, I want to know, when I want a high value man, what can I offer him? Mm. This is good. What does a high value man want? 
she's in her 28. She's 28. So she's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and look, this is Thank perfect, you, Natasha, like, by the way, for, for the question. I appreciate it. This is, we should all chime in on this one. We should yeah. all chime in. Um, I think that first and foremost, I think women should get a journal or a piece of paper and write down what is my value as a woman. Women don't know how to properly value themselves because society hasn't taught women how to value themselves. If you really look at society and culture, women are taught to commoditize their sexuality for the most part. Like yeah. being a playing the role of a housewife is looked down upon. They actually have a word for them. They call those pick me women. And the hotter a woman is, the, the fatter the booty is, the more implants she has, the, the more succulent the lips are. That's like how women think they bring value to the table. And at the end of the day, what a high value man, in my opinion, is looking for because we're stressed, we're tired, we work a lot. We're looking for a woman who can take care of the house and take that burden off of our plate, for one. We want to go home and have a sense of peace and serenity within the home. We want to be nurtured and cared for by the woman in that manner. Um, and we're looking for a woman who can bring her feminine energy and emotion into our life because we're so used to spending our time being stoic and disconnected from that free association of flowing energy. And uh, lastly, we just want a woman, as bad as this sounds, but I'm going to say it directly, to listen. <laughs> Wow, what this is a great answer, uh, Cameron. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Yes, guys, come on, give it up. <laughs> that is just incredible. Um, and also, like, just to add, I'm gonna go to you, Gil, real quick. But I just want to add this: a lot of women these days, they say, "Oh, my existence is enough. I just need to exist, and I I deserve a high value man." Let me let me let me just be very very clear. The high value man, and I don't know if that's 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 what you're talking about, Natasha, because again, I, I truly appreciate but also mm -hmm. a lot of women that I come across, they're like, I want a one percent man, like you know, in the one percent category. But like you just said, that how do you get there? Not just by by being like, Oh, I, I deserve this. I no, by actually showing up, by knowing, like you say, who you are, what you bring to the table and really making sure that you are that before attracting that, that high value man that you're talking about. So be it first before you talk about like, you know, attraction. But, uh, so I, I just wanted to, to, to chime in there. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, Gil. This is a good, this is yeah. a good question because, you know, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of women now just believe that like their beauty and their youth is all they need to bring to the table. And you know, like those things fade, right? And if, if you really get into the mind of any woman at the end of the day, she wants what they all want. They want the fairy tale husband who doesn't cheat on them, who's loyal, who treats them well, who, you know, has their back no matter what. They they want true love. Right, that's what they all want. I mean, mm -hmm. this is how they're wired. Yeah. I know, and believe me, I have enough experience. This is what they want. But I believe, yep. like, if you come into a relationship, with, and the only thing you have to offer is your your, your beauty and youth, and you don't work on yourself, and you don't provide any anything else, and then no you peace. Really, you really, yeah. they really put their value on on their on their outward appearance. That's a shaky ground to build a relationship on, because just like you said earlier. 
um, you know, that high value man, if he, if, if you find a high value man who's a little bit older, maybe he's divorced, like you said before, the second things go sideways, he can go get a younger girl and your looks aren't mm -hmm. going to sustain you. So then what else have you brought mm -hmm. to the table? How have you, how have you amplified him? How, how have you, you know, kept, kept the household? How, have, how have you been as a mom? All these things, like what your core true person is, that's what's going to, and that's what you can offer to yes. a man, not just oh look, you know, like you said, I have lip injections, boobs, and and I'm 23 mm -hmm. and they're 25 and you know perfect shape. Because again, it ain't gonna last. Yeah. On a quick side note, breast implants look funny when women hit 50. So just keep that in mind, women. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> so look, oh there's a really good piece of advice I have for all women, whatever age you are, whatever your situation is. Women have been taught to prioritize pleasing men, and usually that gratification is sexual. What women should prioritize is satisfying men or, or doing things that make her appreciated by the man. Does that make sense? Because yeah. you can be pleased by a hooker, but you can really only appreciate a woman who brings something unique to the table. So women, if the value that you bring to your man is equitable with that of a prostitute, you should really, con you know, look at that. Yeah. And this also like ties back down to like society and how we view women mm -hmm. and everything. And I think, listen, if, if we're, totally. we're talking here about long lasting, healthy, sustainable relationships, you know, that that's what we're here talking about. And, and there is nothing wrong if Natasha, if you say, I want a high value man, how do I track him? There, that's amazing. Like, I hope you, you find that man. I hope anyone finds the man or woman that they're looking for. Let there be no mistake. Yep. But it is very important that we are first that high value ourselves that we know who we are in order for us to give and attract what we want. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that here. Yeah, um, yeah. Become the best version of yourself first. That's, yeah. that's the value. And, like, oh. the thing is, is, like, you also have to own the values that you want from your man. You can't be hypocritical, right? So you also have to be loyal. You also have to be loving. You also have to do little things. Because I think, yeah. you know, a lot of times for girls, they expect us to spoil them, spoil them, spoil them, spoil them, and then they don't reciprocate. And it's like, that's not how the world works. That's not how energy works. Yeah. And that's not how karma works. If you're constantly taking and you're not giving anything back, mm -hmm. that's only going to last for so long, you know? Because if you reverse the situation, you would no one's going to put up with that for a long time. So I think, you know, you, you can't take on that role of, well, I'm the woman, I should be spoiled. Yeah, you should spoil each other and, and it should be 100%. equal. And if you don't think it should be equal, then you're already off on the wrong foot. Yeah, man. Relationships are about four qualities, like chemistry, compatibility, equality, and balance. So the problem with those relationships and the reason they always end with the man being sour is that it's out of balance and it's unequal. Right. He's doing things for the women that are being returned and you feel that. And as a human, like your emotional bank account is constantly being drained. Eventually it's going to run out and then you're going to be done with the relationship, you know, and like a lot of women, again, they don't appreciate the idea of serving a man because it, it's been made to seem like some toxic masculinity thing. The woman should bow down and bend over backwards for me. Like I woke up this morning tired. I shot a podcast prior to this. My woman cooked breakfast while I was asleep. I wake up. I have a homemade croissant with a sausage in it, a cheese croissant. Oh, I have some scrambled eggs. Yeah. 
like from the dough, like 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 it's still 1950. I'm mm. um, <laughs> like, take, some take fresh notes, fruit. take notes. Yeah. And like, what do you think a woman or a man would do for a woman that would do that for him? Amen. Anything. Yeah. Amen. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Oof, yeah, I have a good woman, man. Yeah, just just hey, process by the way, that. Guys. Congratulations on having that woman. I mean, just let me yeah, thank that you out there because that's that's quite yeah. it's amazing. But mm. you know, I don't know where I heard this in the past, but I there's a little saying like it's the little things, right? It's the little things, like little things like that you appreciate because you were tired and you didn't want to get it. Sure. And like it goes both ways, but those little things make those deposits into the emotional bank account, and like that creates strength between the relationship, like you said, because when it's only one way. Everyone's gonna tire yep. out, right? I mean, you can only take so much as a human before you just check out and you're like, okay. This is beautiful and inspiring at the same time, man. Um, and I hope uh, no notes are taken here. Um, I have a question from uh, Mark de Boer, and he's asking if I meet a woman that I'm interested in uh, before I invite her to my place. Do you think we should plan a trip on a holiday? Uh, because they say it's the best way to get to know a person and also either uh, it be done or it'd it be the best thing ever. What are your thoughts? Okay, you so let me break this down a little bit. Mm. There's three, I categorize men and women three categories for a really good reason. So the three categories of men, not gonna be long-winded on it, tricks, simps, and players. Again, tricks use money tangibles and resources to win women over simps use their emotions and they're deferring to the woman to win her over and players use who they are to win women over just she, she just likes you for you so you have to ask yourself this in any situation whether it be planning a restaurant date planning a trip etc what has the person done to deserve that quality of treatment Right. So that early in the relationship, because I'm not going to tell you don't take a girl to a nice restaurant, but if she hasn't earned it to a certain degree, if y'all aren't even that close, you don't know each other like that, you're doing it for a reason. And the reason you're doing it is to win the woman over, no matter how you try to make it seem. So that makes you a trick. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted about this one. I hear completely what you say. At the same time, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, with my psychology background and my own experience, uh, I think you can relate. I've been to 72 countries myself, and I can honestly say that all the women I've been with, even if I was already in a relationship, when I was on a trip with them, I m truly understood who they are inside out. Because you get to be together 24-7, you get to be in a new place that you don't know, that's unfamiliar, Get to have experiences yep. together that are unfamiliar. So I, I do have to say, Mark, like I, from my perspective and my own experience, I met women the best way through traveling together. Like a week or two weeks was just, you know, incredible. And sometimes it didn't work out. I, I like, even after three days, I was like, okay, oh my God, this, this, this just is not going to work out. How am I going to get, you know, in a respectful way, say, hey, thank you very much. But I think this is where it ends. You know, um, and, and in some cases, we ended up in a relationship and, and we're together for one or two or three years. So um, that is my experience with, I, I do think it's it's workable. Like you said, I agree, uh, Cameron, that you do have to be in a certain stage 
uh, right where that mm. is uh, yeah deserving for for both parties yeah oh, um yeah i i mean yeah. I, I don't think right out of the gate because uh you know when you're on a trip it's not real life and i know this from a fact because i had a relationship recently that started on a trip and just continued as a trip for you know a good three months in the very beginning and yeah, it's great it's amazing but it's not it's not real life like like that's not like how you're going to interact when you're there so i mean i think to your point cameron like if you've been dating a girl for a certain amount of time month two months it's progressed you got to a point where you want to do that then yes it is a good way to learn about who someone is but you know like if, especially if you don't go on a lot of trips i don't care who the guy is if you haven't been anywhere and he takes you you're in takes you to Cancun for a week that's not going to be the real version of who that girl is <laughs> you understand like it, they're completely different there I mean because they're in awe and they're happy and there's a new experience and they're excited so a lot of stuff that they might not put up with will slide they're, they'll probably be way more affectionate to you than they are normally like so I know taking from someone's a professional traveler it's not the same dynamic so <laughs> yes do it yeah. after a certain point but don't expect that to be reality for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, the listener's name was Mark, right? Yes. Mark. So I think the question should be, rather than like you inviting her to your place, should you take her on a trip first? I think the question should be before you make her your girlfriend, you, sh you should take her on a trip to see more of who she really is. Okay. Um last last question uh i mean we have w way more questions but again we have to address them every week because otherwise we we are sitting here yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so don't worry people we we are getting to you um we have a question here uh from john he says i'm in a relationship now for four years and my relationship is female-led uh i've seen a lot of the things that um cameron said on TikTok. uh i want to know from him if he believes in successful female-led relationships like the one I'm in, or is he truly against it? And does he feel that it will ultimately end? Excellent question. So in my videos, I think people, especially women, because I, I get a lot of hate from certain types of women in certain videos, right? And I've never said anything bad about women, but this is an excellent question. And this is like one of the, this is one of the points that's new. And the reason that we're having a lot of problems in relationships today is that we have a new phenomenon, which is that many women who are in the dating place earn an equivalent e income and sometimes more than the men that they are dating, right? So how do you deal with that? Traditionally, back in the day, the man was a carpenter. He would build the house. He would tend to the cattle. He would, you know, plant crops, like, you know? So it made sense for the woman to be in the house because she's not going to be out there like, sawing trees down and you know all that so today the conundrum is women don't necessarily need men in the same way right unless they just don't want to have a career at all and they just want to stay home so knowing that reality women have to ask themselves a question because men who are masculine are going to want to be in a in a dominant situation for the most part but there are men like the one asking the question who is who may be okay with being in a submissive position in the relationship and allowing the woman the reins to lead. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I wouldn't knock it at all. As long as you know the role that you're in and you accept it and you play your role 
and you receive satisfaction from that internally, your relationship will be successful. What happens though, is a lot of women who have some leadership capacity and a tendency to be dominant, get into a relationship with men who don't wanna play the submissive role. So there's always a point of dissatisfaction. The woman is dissatisfied because the man's not being submissive. The man's dissatisfied because the woman's not being submissive. So you have to find someone who is your complementary opposite. That's what I think. Interesting. Makes sense. I, I, um, my experience is this. I, I think that if you allow to switch now and then, I think that is the, the ultimate factor of success. Because like you say, I think at some point, any woman, please reach out to me if, if I'm wrong, but any woman would like to be dominated sometimes. What do I mean with dominated? I mean being led, okay? Mm-hmm. Being assertive as a man, being feeling like the man is the leader, right? Mm-hmm. A woman just instinctively, psychologically, sometimes needs to feel that. So if a woman is always the dominant, always the leader, she's going to instinctively miss that. Please, again, any woman that's listening right now, if you feel I'm wrong, please let me know. But this is just psychologically, instinctively, how it's been, okay? All right, so my perspective is that if you sometimes can be submissive as a man and just let your woman do the thing, let your woman be dominant, and then switch back in, in your masculine leader, I think if you have that dynamic, that role play, if you will, I think that is the ultimate, the ultimate, I think, and a healthy way to do that. If you have a woman that really wants to lead, right? Um, but I do, again, think it's, it's amazing that it's working for four years, and I'm very, very happy, and I truly believe it can work. But from my perspective, um, you know, I would personally do, like, switch, you know? Some, I, you know, like, how does that what work, it, though? Uh, communication yeah communication mm-hmm. like i think just uh, it's much more complicated yeah yeah that's... yeah, yeah. I, I just i think like if you're if you're like hey um i think honestly if you are in a, on a level where you can just communicate it openly like hey i'm gonna mm-hmm. let you lead today you know it's okay but but just know that tomorrow i'll, I'll be you know uh mm-hmm. the one i think that because listen then you fulfill the woman's need to sometimes dominate wanting to dominate and you fulfill the man's need to sometimes be submissive because it has to be a, a two-way street. The man needs to be wanting to be submissive. Let us let assume that that's the case, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, it's such a high level of communication required for that kind of relationship. It might be a really good idea to get a relationship therapist just be, just so you have that third-party mediator mm-hmm. to help pull out the communication parts that that need to be pulled out that maybe you're not able to address because you're kind of in it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you just, you just want to make sure that it, it like, the woman always, like you said, feels satisfied, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and we really have to narrow down, like, this instinctive feeling of a woman to just be let, you know? Like, mm-hmm. is, it, is it truly so that a woman wants to have all the time, 24-7, <coughs> complete leadership and control? Is is that really? Believe yeah. me, I know one. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I know one. Yeah, I know. I know one. And the thing is, is I, I think Karen nailed nailed the, the answer. Like, you have to be, you have to accept your role 
and go with the rule. Because mm-hmm. if you know, because if not, then what could happen is, as they say, the the woman makes more and she leads, and the man doesn't want to be submissive, but she makes more money, right? So he falls like he has to fall in line. Um, and then, you know, uh, something happens and she could be very demeaning to him. And if he's not really wanting to be in that role, then as a man, that's a, you know, ego is, is it would take a huge blow to your ego, yeah. right? And it, 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 could, it could really cause mm-hmm. huge, huge problems, unless you're okay with really, truly being a submissive. Um, I tend to agree with uh, Cameron, though. I don't, look, I think <clears throat> relationships are a two-way street. Men should be submissive to their wife, and, and women should be submissive to their man. Not to say that the man shouldn't lead the relationship, but at some point, we, we all assume that role. But ultimately, and most of the strong, strong marriages that I've seen, and I have a huge family, and if, and if I look at like my aunts and uncles, the ones that are actually still divorced, the old school ones, mm-hmm. 100% of them have the man that led, you know, was a breadwinner, and the woman mm-hmm. was like in a secondary position, and a lot of the friends that I have back home that are my age that are getting divorced, I know a couple of their, um, you know, were women-led things, and it just caused problems. So, I, mm. you know, I, and I think now you have to look at the divorce rate in the, in the world. It's up higher than it's ever been before, right? And it's like, it wasn't that high in like the early 1900s, or the late 1800s, right? I yep. mean, something was working back then, and a lot more people's relationships lasted. So there's some, I think there's something to be said for that. Well, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that's a meta topic that we can go really deep into. Like, because then we go back to like the internet, information, and mm-hmm. you know, accessibility. Yeah. Um, however, um, because because the question was like, hey, uh, I'm four years in a female-led relationship. Would you say like so? Ultimately, that would be like challenging for for for. It depends on who yeah. likes his role. Yeah, you know? yeah. If, if he's satisfied, he has to check himself yeah. and be honest with himself. If he doesn't really. If he really wants to be dominant and he's not happy in that role, yeah. then the relationship's doomed. Because ultimately, he'll just <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think ultimately, yeah. though, that that will come forward, and then you then you need to have a kind of a conversation, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. And you know, either way, like it's 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 beautiful to see that there are so many different dynamics, um, and uh, um, different experiences. So so thank you for asking that question as well. Like you know, because it gives different perspectives on things as well. Yeah, I want to throw this in like, we don't do this enough. Um, or what I'm about to say is not a norm, and it should be. It's, it's, it's accepted that we should go to school and prepare for a career. You know, we should consult with professionals for our health, um, and other areas of our life. But we don't prepare to be able to be in successful relationships. So I think the first thing people have to do, normalize is when you're single, Ideally, when you're a young adult, but wherever you're at, start now. You know, at first, it starts with self-awareness. Who am I as a man or woman? And then what kind of partner do I want? And from there, you need to proactively learn relationship skills. Relationship success is a skill, just like relationships in business or romantic relationships, rather, is a skill. People leave it up to, leave it up to serendipity. They get into it and then try to retroactively figure it out. So you could save yourself a lot of heartache, people, by just being proactive and preparing in advance. Of course, you're going to learn any experience, but there won't be as much of a chasm, right, oh. between ignorance and understanding. That's incredible. That's such a true point. Like, as men, we're not we're not taught 
a lot of the things that you, you, you will learn in being in a relationship, right? And uh, like I was talking, we were talking to Jesse pre, pre-show, I said, you know, I, I come from a family where my dad was old school, machismo. I never saw him cry until my, my grandma died, his mom, right? Yeah. And a lot of times as men, we're, we're taught like emotions are bad, but it's a natural mm-hmm. part of us. So when you suppress your emotions like that, and you don't like, you really don't become the true version of yourself, then you're not doing yourself any, any favors. And when you get into a relationship, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to seek advice. It doesn't mean that you're weak. You're just trying to better mm-hmm. yourself. And mm-hmm. where from K through 12 year old, or like, you know, kindergarten to, through college, where is anyone teaching you on, on how to you know, deal with relationship problems? And so mm-hmm. everyone just tries to figure it out. Or what I think is the worst is they just avoid the problems and don't address them. And then what mm-hmm. happens is like it builds and builds and then something small five years down the road, it causes an explosion. Right. And I learned that yeah. the hard way. And, I was very macho, and then when I actually went to relationship counseling, I learned probably the most, um, the, the best uh, piece of advice I ever got, um, and, and it's helped me in all my relationships, which is, you know, you have to be able to remove yourself, put yourself in the other person's shoes when you're mm-hmm. having an argument. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Remove yep. yourself from who you are, put yourself in the other person's shoes, and see it from their perspective, and then come back to yourself before you respond, Right. Because we all see things in tunnel vision, but mm-hmm. there's always two sides to every story. And, and I, I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't go into canceling. And it has helped me in every relationship sense, especially when like a big fight happens, because you know they're going to happen. That's just life. But, yep. uh, you know, little tips like that that you can learn at counseling really go a long way to help with, you know, relationships because they're all. Right yeah. through. No, I mean, yeah. you know, everybody listening, I think, also relates and knows and. In different mm-hmm. ways and i think um the problem is that when we get in relationships and we bring our baggage because we're, we're not self-aware we have you know, i think we're all growing as, as human beings so mm-hmm. a lot of times like it's the it's at the cost of another person right and uh, yeah then what happens is the roller coaster effect so that person brings it to another relationship and mm-hmm. you know, um, so, so that's well. why it's so important to first be self-aware do your process and then the best version and then get into a relationship because mm-hmm. otherwise you will continue to bring that dysfunction on other people That's i call them relationship war veterans <laughs> they, just, they just go from relationship to relationship bringing all their baggage and just Amen. ruining people's lives <laughs> um you know again because like it, it, it's this is recent right like platforms like this where we can talk and have these kind of discussions men women relationship sex dating this is a recent thing. So because it hasn't been a normal part of society and culture, the problem is men don't really understand women and women really don't understand men, right? Like they don't understand each other from, like you were saying, being in the opposite sex shoes or not excluding LGBT, like just being in the other person, the shoes of the person opposite. Correct. Correct. Um, like, so we're at a place in society where everything is kind of being depolarized because women are coming into their masculine. I'm not saying it's a negative thing. I'm just speaking on reality because they're coming into their masculine. They're becoming more balanced between the masculine and feminine. So there's kind of a forced agenda now where they're trying to kind of get men to become more feminine and be accepting of the women's masculine. I feel like a lot of that comes through the feminine or the feminist movement. Again, not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just kind of, yeah. analyzing that and looking at that objectively and um 
that creates a whole conundrum of like new problems that we have when it comes to dating. And I wanted to throw this into, I was thinking about this while you were speaking. I think a lot of the root cause of relationships not being a normalized topic is that it, the, the, the base, the prime base of it is sex. And if you remember when we were kids before we lost our virginity, for the most part, people have a lot of shame when it comes to the fact that you don't know anything about sex and it's a supernatural thing and you want to be good about it. So we kind of just avoid the topic and kind of like talk about it behind closed doors rather than putting it out into like an open platform in public, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So sex transpires into relationships. So the taboo-ness of it kind of just continues, which leads to more confusion. So we need to teach people like, how to be good at sex, how to be good at intimacy, relationships, and romance. If you want to be successful at it, yeah. A, mil a million percent because, again, one of my best friends, I have a best friend, she's going to hate that I say this, but we've been best friends for 26 years because people will figure out her age, but we've literally been best friends like since high school. And the yeah. only reason, the only way I think that we're still friends 26 years later and she's she's a very attractive girl is that we never had sex, right? Mm -hmm. never, we never crossed that line. So we were able to have that dynamic. And uh, I'm going to age myself here. I don't care. I'm 45. But back when they had the Melrose place, it was like a really popular show. She oh, had okay. a place in Hollywood every week. The girls would all come over. There'd be eight of them there. And I was just like, you know, because I have three sisters. I was like, I was like, Gil, okay. And then, you know, listening to women talk versus listening to men talk is completely mm -hmm. different. Right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like guys talk on sex. Did you have sex last night? Yep, great. Okay. Um, who's playing tonight in the store? Girls. It's like it's more fluid. No, it's it's like the novel. They they get everything. It's like yeah, right? it's they like get, a romance they novel. Get yeah. Every detail, what he said, what he wear. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. And I've heard so many of these girls say, "I made an I met an amazing guy. He's you know he's successful. He's, he's good looking. He's he's athletic." <laughs> He's everything, and like it was so often, everything, everything, and I'm waiting for it, and you know he's like, and then but, you know, we go to the bedroom, and there's there's a shortfall, and I feel like <laughs> no, 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 this is a very, very, very common yeah, yeah, problem. And, yeah. the, and the problem is because guys have such big egos, we 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 don't allow ourselves to be mm -hmm. constructed in the bedroom, yes, which really kills yes. your chance yeah. of ever having the best possible sex. It's not like, and mm -hmm. again, who taught you this? You know, now kids learn on porn, but like, who's teaching you to be a great lover? So I think, you know, for a sustainable, long lasting mm -hmm. relationship, a man has to put his, check his ego at the door when it comes to sex, Amen. listen to his woman. And if she tells him an inch to the left or up or down or mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. way, I like that. Listen, you want to have great sex or not, stupid? Like you, you have to be taught. Like it's not an ego thing. Like I think we have to get rid of that whole, Oh, you know, some people just figure it out and others don't. You need to be a good listener and believe me, it will change yeah. your sex life. I mean, I don't know if you agree, but like. A hundred percent. Right? A hundred percent, dude, yeah. Like most, a lot of women have never experienced an orgasm. Uh, men don't know their way inside of a woman's vagina, right? The three orgasms are clitoral, G-spot, cervical. Most people didn't even know a cervical orgasm existed, mm. right? And, and if we're going to be good at it, because men are the performers. You know what I mean? So if women are going to be satisfied, we kind of have to learn how to please women. Yeah. Like there's no way around it. And there's just no going in the bedroom and pounding it doesn't necessarily do it. It doesn't. Right? Believe me. A lot of guys. Yeah. 
they think just because he left sweating that he really did something. <laughs> Not necessarily, dude. <laughs> oh, this, this podcast you know, is going crazy. And oh, like, yeah, I, I would hear it. these stories, yeah. right? And for yeah. a guy to hear yeah. girl talk in like mm -hmm. mid 20s, it's, it's shocking and also very revealing. But you're right. Yep. And <clears throat> yeah, man. You can be taught. Yeah. You know, you can be taught. Like, it's not like if you don't figure it on your own, you're. And, and listen to your girl because, like, every girl likes a little bit, you know, different things, Everything. right? So it's like you got to listen to the feel. Um, That's a great point. They're yeah. All different. They're all they different. They all like mm. the same thing either. Mm. So, mm -hmm. like, yeah, mm -hmm. part 100%. Of the part of I mean. Man, and David, <laughs> so a really good book on sex is Enlightened Sex by David Data. And in there, he gives the analogy. He describes women as water. And he says, to be a really good lover with a woman, you have to be responsive. So when you touch the surface of water, it ripples. And depending on how you touch it, it ripples differently. So you have to actually be present enough to kind of be there with the woman and understanding how she's responding to what's happening moment by moment. Right. Like mm -hmm. guys are focused on the end game, which yeah. is why they don't get laid a lot, first yeah. of all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, they don't, they don't repeat, yeah, repeat yes. <laughs> a lot of like when I do boot camps and stuff, and I'm like sitting in a lounge like with a guy, and we have some girls. When he messes it up, because they usually do, afterwards I have to be like, look, you have to be there in the moment, enjoying it right there in the lounge. You can't be thinking about, okay, we're gonna pull these girls and like do this and that. Dude, just be there and soak it in and like experience the woman that connection is what women want and then that's what will actually accelerate where you're trying to go right, right? but guys we're like too we're so used to in life like focusing on our career and always thinking ahead you can't do that with women like your woman wants to feel your presence it's extremely important yeah, wow I, and uh here's one piece of advice for the younger men out there okay this is this i should charge for this but i'm telling you Take it from experience, and I don't know if Cameron will uh, agree with free, me. Free bombs, guys. This listen up, free, listen up. This is a real free <laughs> bomb. Um, and I know because I've heard from so many women, they say this. Guys, foreplay doesn't start when you start kissing. Mm -hmm. Foreplay starts, if you're in a relationship, that morning when you get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Foreplay mm -hmm. starts hours and hours in advance for a woman. 100%. Unless you're just out one night and it's a one-night thing. But I'm talking if you're in a relationship, guys. If you want to get i'm just going to be blunt if you want to get mm -hmm. laid by your wife that night or your girlfriend that night and you're a dick in the morning guess what <laughs> it ain't happening it really the, the foreplay start, process isn't start when touch happens with women it starts when you're talking to them in the morning you're bringing them coffee mm. you make them a nice compliment you do something you wouldn't normally do it's the little mm -hmm. things you send her a nice text out of the blue you buy her a present when it's not her birthday or christmas like these are the things that start the foreplay process for women. And what I think most guys don't understand is that they're emotional beings. We're physical beings. For us, it's mostly mm -hmm. just a physical act. For them, mm -hmm. it's a completely different experience. So you have to play that game and understand that game that like, look, this is, this is not just a physical thing for them. It goes way deeper. And I feel like most guys don't understand that. And then they go into the bedroom and they expect their woman to turn on and they don't get what they want. And then they mm -hmm. get frustrated and it's like, well, mm -hmm. listen, Nobody told us a foreplay started in the morning. So these mm -hmm. are the things that I think, you know, we men need to be taught because if you don't understand that, then like you're, you're not, you know, you're not playing with a full deck of cards and then you can never really please yeah. your woman. So anyway, I think like, yeah. for me, that's like a huge thing yeah. that I've learned over the years. I mean, do you that's agree, real Cameron? game. A hundred percent, man. Like a woman's experience, like a woman's truth is the mood that she's in. 
And women experience that, like, like their experience of reality, whether or not they're happy, is what is happening emotionally. Like that is the truth for feminine women. As masculine, we're detached. Just like masculine women, they're detached from that. Yeah. And we've kind of become accustomed to that. So we don't understand again how it is to be in the experience of a feminine woman. So you, it, the guys just don't even have it in their mind why there's a disconnect when it yeah. comes to the chemistry and the romance and the intimacy. But, and, and you're fully right, but when guys are out cold approaching, because that, that was like kind of my background, I used to go campaign and meet a lot of women and you know stuff like that. Okay. The moment you meet the woman, like what, what accelerates a lot of pulls and results, and this translates directly into relationships, is I learned to get intimate as soon as possible with the woman. And when I, when I say intimate, I mean like in our conversation, the closeness of getting to know her, right? Mm. The, the pulling her emotions out, like getting her to open up to me. You're, you're penetrating her mentally. You're penetrating her emotionally through her heart. And the vagina comes last. So whether or not you're in a marriage, whether or not it's about to be a one night stand, or it's your girlfriend of many years. Like you have to penetrate women, connect with them emotionally and be present with them for that. Women don't necessarily want you to be as emotional as they are, but they want you to be in connection with them, if that makes any sense, and responsive to how they feel. That's a great nugget right there. Yeah, right? dude. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much, Cameron. I truly appreciate it. Such good points. Um, we're, we're way over time than we normally are, which is which We is did, yeah. We're, we're vibing. Uh, but that's we're okay. We're, we're drifting, so this is really good stuff. Oh. And uh, um, uh, again, if your question is not answered yet, uh, it's going to come next week. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about. I think also on this topic specifically, we could just dedicate a whole podcast, um, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, because there's so much to be said about this. Uh, but I truly want to uh, thank you guys for coming on today. And um, Cameron, as, as always, uh, see you next week. Um, and um, yeah, for everybody listening, if you do have comments or remarks, especially after this uh, pretty deep podcast, feel free to uh, reach out to our Instagrams. It will be in the bio of this podcast. Um, and uh, leave your feedback. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back. Thank you all. All right. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Life Talk with Jesse Meester. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. And if you want to be the next guest, please apply by filling in the contact form on jessemeester.com or DM Meester Store on Instagram. Till next time, keep sharing love and life.